In our upcoming episode coming next week, we speak with a dynamic duo of Nate and Angie Ridgway, uh, the authors of Don't Ditch That Tech. And in this teaser, they're going to share with us some techniques for students reviewing uh, their instruction and retrieving uh, the information that the students have already learned and how the students have different ways to express that. Take a listen. The book is really exciting about differentiation and instruction in a digital world. What is some uh, ways that you can have students reflect on their own work? One of the things that I saw um, that I, I don't know if I put it exactly in the book, but we, we put it on our, um, on our website. It was a part of a blog post or part of our differentiation calendar uh, through the holidays that, that I did last semester just trying to think about an authentic way that I could have students reflect was I asked them to reflect on how they were doing in my course, but to send that reflection to their greatest cheerleader. Because I think oftentimes we think it's the family, but sometimes it might be a big brother, a big sister. It might be a best friend. It might be, you know, their boss at their part-time job, someone in their place of worship. And um, I had a really positive response to that because parents and all kinds of people started emailing me back (laughs) saying, I never knew what was going on in my 21-year-old's college class. Thank you so much. And I, what I did was I put three or four prompts together on my Google slide, and I said, I want you to email your greatest cheerleader, and in the email include these things that you're thinking about as we're about, you know, a quarter of the way through our semester. And it talked about their learning, what they'd learned, what made the greatest impression on them, what goal the student had for him or herself and, or for themselves and then what support they needed in attaining that goal. Because I think oftentimes when you reach the secondary level or beyond, you know, the family or the significant people in the kid's life are kind of cut out. And so it was nice to loop them in. And it's like that writing for, you know, you talk about this, I know in English language arts, writing for audience and purpose. And so they had a purpose and they had an audience. That's one thing I've used that the students and families or the people who received it seem to really like. And Nate has others too with Google Forms and things that we both yeah, do. Yeah, I, I think there's a few misassumptions <laughs> that a lot of teachers make about metacognition or that we send, that we, we tend to make, I guess, with metacognition. And that is, number one, is that it always has to be done at the end of something, mm-hmm. um, which is which is not the case, I think. Um, and, and I would highly encourage your listeners to go read um, some works on people who talked lots about metacognition uh, in terms of learning of Patrice Bain and Pooja Agarwal. Um, they have a amazing book called Powerful Teaching, which I would recommend to anybody, um, which really talks about the fact that um, metacognition needs to be something that is uh, spread throughout um, the learning experience, you know, from beginning to uh, to middle to end of the learning process. Um, I think, too, the, the other mistake that we tend to make is that um, is that we think like metacognition is also like a, like a one-off um, thing. So tend to, you know, besides only thinking it's at the end, we also tend to maybe only do it once and we don't return um, to how our students have thought or kind of like their practices in the past. Um, and having students have the opportunity to go back and kind of um, 
think about the thinking that they had and see how that has changed is also um, something something that can be done. Mm -hmm. I think the ways that teachers can do this, um, and this is kind of also is another assumption about us too, is that it takes a lot of time and it really doesn't. Um, like, and I have my students at the end and beginning of lessons drop in, maybe it takes two minutes um, for them to you know, sit down and process their, um, you know, their learning. Um, and one of my favorite things to do is I have, whenever my students are reflecting, I have them reflect about something that happened, like a lesson that we did like two weeks ago, um, because then you really can actually see, uh, you know, like, you know, what has their, you know, learning actually been about something instead of like a mini lesson that you just taught, you know, like five minutes beforehand. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think in terms of apps, there's so, so many out there that you can do for really, really powerful reflection. Um, you know, everything from Google Forms to dot storming to Flipgrid to, um, and, and you can get even more complex in terms of how you, you know, have you, you know, push your students to reflect. This was a TNT EdTech podcast teaser. Definitely check out the full episode dropping next week.